Good morning, Mr. White. Good morning, Mrs. Angel. How are you on this wonderful day? I'm wonderful. We skipped a week last week. You we uh, had the COVID. I had so... the COVID. I did. I had the COVID and it wouldn't have done anyone any good to listen to my croaky voice last week. So uh, as, as rough as it sounds now, this is pretty smooth <laughs> and rich compared well, to Well, you look amazing. You look amazing, Mr. White. <laughs> and you. it's great to have you back. And we have yes. got a very special guest. Can everybody please give it up for Mr. Connor Fennell? Hey, hi, everybody. Oh, they are excited oh, to see you. Good audience in this morning. They are. Shush, everyone. Wow. Down we go, down we go. Come on. All right. Excellent. Like wow. Taylor Swift. Oh, yeah, this is this is the Connor era, is all I can say. I <laughs> oh, see what you did there. Uh, it is so wonderful to have yeah. you with us, and we're going to get into everything teaching and a bit of the Irish as well, because our good friend Connor, uh, the primary school that he attended was St John's National School in Dublin, Ireland, and the secondary school that he went to was the Cabinteely Community School, also in Dublin. And the tertiary institution that he attended was St. Angela's College in Sligo in Ireland. Tell us a little bit more about uh, about what Connor's been up to, Mr. White. I will. So uh, first and foremost, Connor is a very proud Irishman, a home economics teacher by trade and now the expert workforce assistant principal in Catherine High School in the Northern Territory. Since arriving to Australia in 2012, he has worked across several states and territories, mainly in regional and very, very remote areas. His passion for supporting teachers to build their own capacity has seen him complete further master's research and being awarded the Commonwealth Bank Schools Plus Teaching Fellowship. The Australian Councils for Educational Leaders' new voice in school leadership, scholarship, and the Big Rivers Regional Secondary Educator of the Year Award, my goodness. Over his career, he's worked in a variety of roles, including leading and senior teacher curriculum development, a short online lecturing role during the pandemic, which shall not be named. <laughs> blame you. And based on that last sentence, it's obvious that Connor is a keen Harry Potter fan, an avid reader in general, and he loves nothing more than spending quality time with his partner and dog and enjoying fine food and wine, preferably in exotic locations around the world, which he states is the main reason that he can't afford to buy a home. Welcome, Connor. Yeah, thanks for that. <laughs> so it's true. Good. That's why I can't afford to buy a home. <laughs> yes. Yeah. yeah, wine and food, that's expensive stuff, isn't it? I yeah, love it. And even yeah. Mr. White and I, he was he's too too fancy to join us in celebrating his fine heritage tonight. Um we've gotten right on board uh with the whiskey fanatics of um the Ireland country. So but we've got so much to talk about, uh, Connor. So let's kick off with the our number one question that we always ask our guests who is the teacher who has the most positive impact on your life? Yeah, this one was a really easy question to answer. Um, I always have her in the front of my mind and I'm asked who was that one teacher and it was uh, Miss Louise Walsh. Even saying her first name still sounds really funny when it comes out because I'm used to like Miss Walsh. So saying Louise, I'm like, oh. But um, yeah, I had Louise Walsh as my home economics teacher from year seven right up to year 12. Um, and she was, I suppose, how I describe her, like a, just a quintessential teacher. 
Um, traditionally strict, I suppose, back then when I was, you know, 12, 13, you know, she, she had very firm expectations and uh, was pretty clear on what she expected from me. But I think now that I am a teacher, um, and kind of reflected back on my time in school as well. I think she just had just high expectations for the young people that she was working with. Um, Cabin TV itself kind of serves quite a low socioeconomic community um, in that general area. And I think the students that present to Cabin TV, you know, might not have been able to see much of a future beyond that. Um, but Louise certainly could for them. Um, and she certainly did for me, which is she's definitely part of the reason why I am where I am today. Um she did that too in a way that it was never kind of I expect this and I, I don't I, I never felt as if she thought that she didn't have a way of getting us there you know she used to say to me I know you can do this and this is how you're going to do it um she used to give me like so much extra work because she knew I wanted to be a teacher um but to get into teacher education courses in Ireland particularly bachelor of education courses right is actually quite difficult um so we work on a point system and I think the year I got into home ec i think out of 600 points you needed like 450 um so it's up there with with the with the profession so um yeah she's giving me extra work to make sure i got an a and she'd like constantly be telling me what extra things i needed to be doing and um i think i think coming from my parents who kind of taught me the value of hard work having louise there she kind of instilled that in me in terms of education and and finding a passion and purpose in learning um, and I, I always love learning. Like I, I read so much um, and I, I love just what you get from me. Even Harry Potter, there's a lot to be learned in Harry Potter too. Oh, yes. Um, but yes, Louise yes, is kind of adding in those elements of, do you agree? <laughs> I do. I do. I'm, I'm a Harry Potter yeah. fan too. Yeah. Yeah. yeah but Louise added amazing... those elements of, you know. No, go on, Whitey. No, I was just saying, isn't it amazing how, um, you know, when you're at school, the, the perception you have of your teachers um, is very, very different once you become a teacher and you start sort of seeing things from their perspective. It really does yeah. shift things around. Did you find that very often? Yeah, and, you know, I, I even sometimes, and I think I mentioned earlier that, like, I, I nearly style myself sometimes on, on Louise. Um you know, I still use them for quotes, um, which is things like, you know, she, we often, we always used to leave the wooden spoons in the pots and she'd come around, she'd be like, we're not cooking wooden spoons today. Or, you know, you'd be super excited about your buns in the oven and you'd open the oven constantly and put your head in to check. And she'd be like, you're not baking your face. You know, I still say that. Um, and I still say it to my kids as well. Um, but just in just overall I think it's just you know you kind of see why they did it now I think when I was back in school I was just like oh they're just really hard and they was pushing really hard and but now I go they were pushing hard but they were supporting through their mm-hmm. delivery of curriculum mm-hmm. through you know the way they assessed you everything um and yeah Louise always stands out to me and that she just was she was just that teacher who always always just kind of saw something in me and pushed me hard enough but then supported me to go further and, and even more and beyond that because then I went on to uni um, originally wanted to teach history and English um, because it was the easiest course to get into at the time and then I why said, do, nah, why I do you think English think... and, uh, and a humanities teacher uh, that's awkward <laughs> yes <laughs> well it was, the, it was a general arts degree yeah so back then it was <laughs> So you had your Bachelor of Education subjects, which are your practical subjects um, in Ireland. And then you had your general arts or general science degrees. And I just kind of thought, if I go in and do that and then do the PME afterwards, like I'm still going to become a teacher. And I, and I as I said, love English um, and love history, um, but loved home ec and loved Louise and her teaching of home ec. I thought that I could maybe do that job too. So I ended up actually 
yeah, become the home economics teacher then and styling myself on work. <laughs> that is so cool. And does she know, obviously, so does she know that you became a home economics teacher? Yeah, she actually, on the day I got my, we call it the Leaving Cert in Ireland, uh, year 12 results. And on the day I got my Leaving Cert results, another teacher from school had texted her. She was away. I think she was in Portugal drinking wine, actually. Perfect. Um, She's our person. Yeah, of course. Yes. Yeah, she would be. She would be. Mm-hmm. Um, And yeah, she actually rang me from Portugal to like congratulate me. And yeah, cool. she was delighted that I got the results. And yeah, we have, I've met up with her a couple of times since. Like she gave me a big box of resources when I first started uni, you know, old textbooks, things that she thought it might come in handy. Um, I've bumped into her so many times since in like our local supermarket when I am home in Ireland. Um, in fact, a good friend of mine now teaches in the same school that I went to, Captain TV, um, and now works at Louise as well. Um, oh, so yeah, she's always got a bit of an in in my life. <laughs> Fabulous. And so she knows the heights that you've gone on to and the impact that you're having in education now? So this is really interesting because when I won the Combank Award, I actually thought about texting Louise just to let her know and, you know, thank her for everything she did. And uh, it was just in that moment, just quite emotional and, you know, kind of wanted to reach out to the family and the friends who kind of helped me to get there. Um, and I never did. And I maybe just things got busy or whatever. And then literally, obviously, you asked if I could come on. And then I saw the question. I was like, this is now, I think, the option to say, cheers, Miss Walsh. Thanks for everything. Um, so, yeah, this will be this will be listened to in Ireland, uh, hopefully, uh, in a Yay. couple of days or weeks. Yes. <laughs> Fabulous. Hey, and maybe we'll um, we'll organise to, uh, to interview her and hear about her educational um, life and so it'd be great to interview somebody from um, from Ireland and share her story because yeah. obviously it's having an impact in globally now. Uh, I love that you've modelled your teaching on her. That is super, yeah. super, super cool. Yeah, yeah she, was, she was pretty cool. Yeah, well, thank you so much. Uh, we don't want to call you Louise because that would be rude. So thank you so much to uh, Miss <laughs> Walsh, Walsh for the impact yes. that you've, Go, you've had. Walsh. Yes, and I'm sure sure Connor was a joy to teach and never caused you any trouble at any stage. Actually, funny, I'll I'll add to that. So she did leave for a while. She went down on maternity leave um, and we did have a relief teacher and I wasn't very good for that relief teacher. Um, So much so that um, I actually had to sign a contract to say I would pass my home economics exam in year eight. Yeah, and Louise didn't tell us she was coming back and this relief teacher was leaving and I remember standing outside her classroom on the Monday morning like getting ready to go in and cause some trouble and next minute <laughs> Louise comes around the corner and she was just like I'm ready I was like oh no I had no choice it was like I didn't get a choice of being good or bad it was like you did what you were told to do and you did it well and she would help you if you were doing the right thing she gave you the support oh, yeah. so yeah, that, it was that the best, sums it the up best and beautifully. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's so beautiful that you didn't have a choice, but you didn't have a choice to give your best to, to that teacher. Mm. And yep. I think that's the best. The best teachers. That's it. Kind of take that choice out of your hands because as a teenager, you're in cognitive overload all of the time, and you're, there's so much going on for you. But if you just know what a teacher expects mm. and that they're going to really celebrate you and support you then yeah. straight away, then it turns out you can just flip your behaviours from being quite the yeah. naughty little boy to um, to being able <sighs> to want to be just like her and and be yeah. able to emulate some of her, her teaching styles as well. Yeah, no, she's cool. So cool. 
Um, so let's let's talk a bit more about um, about the teaching award and some of the things that you're doing up in the Northern Territory. Really mm. exciting stuff. Uh, there's some amazing educators up in the Northern Territory. So tell us a bit about that. Yeah, we are really lucky in the NT, um, and I often count my blessings as to how amazing the staff are who we who we get up here um, and to come to work in, you know, some really complex environments that can often be very challenging, especially if they have work down south um, or in other locations that they might have, you know, had that certain clientele or, you know, had those those styles to present before. Um, so, yeah, it's it's pretty interesting. But the NT is, is a great place. Um, I do call myself a Territorian. Um, after after Irish, that obviously comes first, and then then I'm a I'm a Northern Territorian, um, and yeah, look, I came up here in 2015. I worked in a small community on the west coast called Wadair, um, and in fact, I was a little bit, I suppose, I was a bit disenfranchised with my teaching and education in general at the time, and kind of said, I I, I really want to do this job, and I want to do it well, and I want to actually give back to to maybe you know communities that actually really need it um and over that four years i was in what air i worked really hard in trying to refine some skill and i think that's something that the nt gives is opportunities to come up and really i, I say learn your stripes because you don't just get them you know you don't just mm-hmm. get the, the the captain's stripe on your collar you know you really need to learn a lot about the people the students the communities the families you're working with um, and obviously the style of education too and you know, different tools in the toolkit that you might not use in other places, but you need or you need to make some tools for that toolkit, uh, which happens quite a lot. Okay. <laughs> Absolutely. We want to know more about those tools. So I feel like that's – I want to pause you there and and so tell us about that. So you mm-hmm. had taught um, – that wasn't your first teaching gig when you went to the Northern Territory, so you knew some stuff. Mm-hmm. And so we – so what what were some of those biggest kind of learnings and then some of those really important tools that you have in your toolkit now? Yeah, awesome. I think the main one would probably be around like classroom management um, and, and building relationships with young people. So where I had worked in the past, it was it was very much curriculum driven and curriculum focused. You were you were a teacher that was there to deliver and get really good results as best as possible. Um, and I love that, and I love seeing students succeed in in any way, shape, or form. I just I just felt like there was that kind of collective piece and something that I wasn't necessarily giving and um, that I wanted to give. Um, that's why I became a teacher. Um, so when I came to the NT, yeah, the biggest challenge for me was around that classroom management and um. I say dealing, but what I mean is like managing the environment and the space that you're in so that students feel like they want to come in there, um, that they feel welcome there, that they, you know, want to kind of get through the work that you have set up for them. It's not necessarily like this is how you're going to get the A or the B and you just need to get through this hour. It's actually like, okay, come in, let's see how we go, let's track. So classroom management skills was definitely something that I really honed in on um, very early on in the NT um, and actually completed quite a bit of training over in Queensland um, to learn all about the essential skills and, and then did a lot of a lot of work around classroom profiling as well after that and being Fabulous. observed quite a bit. Um, I've, uh, I actually went to count the amount of times I've been observed in the last what, 10, 8 years up here and it's, it's page after page after page. Um, but just getting that really good feedback and I was really fortunate as well and again, the, just the NT, I was, I was given a coach very early on um, who actually supported me through some of those challenges I was having. So, you know, building that skill of, of classroom management and then 
being supported by an actual coach. Um, I, th- I think they were two of the things that I built and I actually ended up going on to do a coaching qualification then. Um, and a major part of my role now is to support teachers in their classroom management skills um, while com- while also coaching them to, to build those capacities as well. Um, so, yeah, they're, they're kind of two of the things that I, I learned very early on were the skills I needed in the toolkit to be able to look after myself, I suppose, and then also look after the young people that were in front of me as well. And now in my current role, look after the staff that I'm working with also. Mm. Yeah, so fabulous. In your, in your mind, how do you create um, a, a, an environment that is welcoming and accepting of everyone in the classroom? How do you manage your classroom? Yeah, so look, I'm, I'm quite systematic in my approach to this. Um, so we've got, we've also got at the moment in our current school, like our school values. And then from those values, I create associated expectations from my students. Nothing too laborious. It's all just based on there's four school values. So we have four expectations. And then I have a chat with them very early on about, well, what does this look like, sound like and feel like in home economics? Um, and we have a bit of a, you know, 20, 30 minute session around that. And then get a big poster that all goes up on the wall and then it's referred back yeah. to all the time. So that students feel like they've had a contribution to not just these really abstract maybe conceptual values that, yeah, they hear about, but they don't really know what it looks like, sounds like, and feels like. Um, Positive recognition, uh, and that's the best relationship builder for me. It's just telling students when they're doing the right thing. Um, Mm -hmm. And, you know, you probably heard that one, and I actually heard it in uni, you know, uh, don't smile before Easter. Uh, Well, that went out the window. And just being friendly um, and and approachable and supportive, that was something that I found really worked as well. and then, but also being really systematic in your approach to managing behavior issues because, or sorry, classroom management issues because they do happen. Um, and, you know, some of the schools in the Northern Territory, in fact, across the world, really, some of them are quite complex. Um, and do, you do need to kind of refine some of those skills or use skills, sorry, um, and use some different ones. So just being really systematic, giving lots of opportunities for students to actually demonstrate positive behaviors. Um, and then being really consistent, but fair and respectful in the follow through. So, you know, natural consequences. So if they drop a piece, if they throw a piece of paper, they pick that paper up, they put it in the bin. You know, if they mm. flick the pen off the table, they pick it up and they put it back on the table. Um, and then giving them the opportunity to have a bit of a chat with me after class or even just when I see them in the yard. There's a, there's a really good strategy that I use, which is the two by 10. So it's two minutes a day. Uh, 10 times over a fortnight uh, you can spread it out a little bit longer but I remember that being part of my or adding that as part of my toolkit very early on where those really kind of hard to reach students is what I like to say or harder to reach um, I just spent two minutes with them 10 times over try and build a bit of a relationship you know I had some major success I think the student there at the top of my head with one particular student who I'm working with now just doing that strategy and just finding out what they like what they don't like um, how I can approach that in the classroom and yeah some of those things have been really successful and and yeah have meant that just positive classroom environments and that's that's the starting mm. point once you have that oh. I think you can you can do anything then love mm. it and I think what I've just taken from you just then is that we've been educated in the same system actually Connor because I talk about two for five and with my staff mm. always um 
and you know two for ten's better again but so two you know two minutes for five days straight and then yeah. you're going to have started to build that relationship with the student but honestly yeah. how weird is it the first two times can we just acknowledge that when these students are it's going what, why are you telling me about your weekend like do i sorry did i look like somebody who cares yeah, about your dog yeah. uh yeah. why are you asking no i don't have any animals and then you're coming back for them tomorrow because you're going to find out have you ever wanted an animal have you ever yeah. thought about having an animal so what do you like if you don't like animals or weekends what do you enjoy doing but yeah. um, walk away i actually i actually had that happen um with a student who i was trying to wait and they just looked at me and just walked away just no like, what why are you why are you talking to me yeah yeah yeah, yeah. This, this, you this, this ties so into... sorry go on no go on sorry why it just ties into this positive recognition because um when go, when I went through uh, school, if you got attention from a teacher, it was usually because you've done the bad, done the wrong thing, mm-hmm. right? So you yeah. get corrected or you get put, you know, told that you're doing the wrong thing, get put back. But this idea of positive recognition um, actually reinforces the positive thing to the to be done, and also the the two by ten or the two by five. It forces a student to actually realise that you're human as well, and and yeah. and, and you can create your relationship um, that way as well. Which is, which is great. And, uh, yeah, I, I think that's, that's, that's great that you're doing that, Chaz, as well. Two, so you do two for five. Two for five. But, hey, I'm, now my, my teachers listen to this podcast at my school, Connor, so they now know I'm that two for five is not enough. They, they need to be more like Connor and do two for ten. If, it's, if two for five hasn't worked, that's because you've only done it half as long as you needed to do it for and you need to yeah. double down and do it for another five days. That's- interesting too, like I remember doing it with a particular student one time too and the student turned around and said, how do you remember that? Like they were just shocked that this teacher had taken two minutes to yeah, find something yeah. out about them and then the next day we were able to go, oh, how was that yesterday? And you're like, how did you remember that? Um, yeah. So that, and I, I, you know, they might, whatever way they said it and the tone of their voice is one thing, but them recognizing that, okay, this person's taken a bit of an interest and yes. I can, I can maybe open up more and build that relationship. Yeah. That's and re- and Rita, Rita Pearson said, kids mm. don't learn from people they don't like. And yeah. that makes mm. it sound complicated. Like, so, well, how do I make the kids like me? But it's really not yeah. that complicated. The kids will like you if yeah. they think that you like them and care about them. Yeah. And so straight away, they will like you. So yeah. all you've yeah. got to do to help your students to learn is show an interest in your students. But yeah. I'm simplifying it because mm. it's not that easy. But the two for 10 strategy, for some students, we've always talked about some relationships just come easy and you just naturally build that relationship with them. You have that natural level of of, of respect. But there's also then that 10 to 20% of kids where it doesn't come easily. Mm. And the two for five or 10 is a fabulous strategy then to use um, yeah. to, to really just get that relationship off to a really good start. And in two weeks, you're in, I say in one week or two weeks, that relationship yeah. can be totally different with that student. So, yeah. and it doesn't yeah. take that long. No. That is absolutely fabulous. I love what you're talking about that um, that systematic approach, but they're not too firm, so that, that you're going to be be likable. And but then there's there's the fine line between being too strict and then not being likable, and uh, so too strict and systematic, or being too um, laissez faire and likable, and not mm. having any system behind you. Mm. And then you've talked about finding that happy medium there with the students where. Yeah. Um, to build those relationships, but also to have some underlying systematic approach to create that sense of fairness for students. Yeah, 
yeah. And I look, I work, I work from systems. Like I, I like having a bit of a structure in my mind. And if I don't, well, then that's when I do default to the those more confronting teaching strategies, you know. So having having I've done that over twelve years and built up a bit of a structure behind me to say this works. I know this is the right approach for me and for the young people that I'm with. And um, yeah, it's it's just been it's been successful. So good. All right, we I could talk to you all day, and we're going to keep on talking about lots of these things. <laughs> but I know beforehand, um, when we were doing a very professional pre prep um, before this interview, you did say that you've got uh, a fabulous teaching tale that you're going to share with us. So I want you to get that at the front of your mind whilst I play the intro. All right? Yeah. Teaching tales. Dun dun dun. All right. I love it. Hit us, hit us, hit us, Connor. What do you got? Um, this is a funny story of when I first arrived in Australia. In fact, I hadn't first arrived. I had lived in Sydney and then I started my first teaching job, which is in Melbourne. Um, and nobody had told me how quickly I spoke uh, or that I needed to slow things down when I was working with young people. So pretty hectic, practical cooking lesson. I can't remember... I can't remember the exact students, but I remember the story. Um, but thing, everything was going on, you know, 24 kids, eggs everywhere, flare everywhere, la, la, la. And the student came over and asked, um, they said, how many eggs do I need? And I said, three. And he kind of looked at me a bit silly. And I said, go and get three eggs. <laughs> You're not going to believe what happened next. So, I think I did. I think I did. <laughs> <laughs> I'm down the back of the classroom and I see this kid just walk out the door. And I'm like, what? Where are they going? So I walk over and I walk in. So I thought, I was like, where? Where are you going? They're like, I'm going to get the tree eggs. So whatever they thought tree eggs were, I don't think I want to know. But oh. I realized was that oh. you need to say three. 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 Oh, look at that. Oh, but that has levels. Yeah. That has yeah. levels as well. Yeah. I mean, for the student to think that they're growing trees as well. And actually, I think that's a I, plausible thing it to was, Yeah, it was a year. I'm trying to think when did I leave. So it would have been, yeah, it was a year seven group. And I hadn't even thought that maybe, and I, interesting enough, actually, after that happened, and I had a bit of a lot of my colleagues went afterwards, I kind of sat in and went, actually, maybe I do need to be a little bit slower, break things down a bit more, you know, maybe have the eggs already counted out, uh, ready to go. So that confusion doesn't happen again. But um, yeah, that was that was my teacher. That was the funniest thing I think that's ever happened to Oh, that's gold. <laughs> that is very good. A moment of self-reflection. <laughs> it's very good. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I love it. Yeah, and I um, wonder if that student still got still tells that story. Like, I wonder right, if they're my like, teacher oh, said... I had this teacher one time. <laughs> <laughs> I, I love it. I wouldn't try so... to slow that down. I'd, I'd, I'd keep that up and just get your book uh, down, ready ready to write down the next gag that the student does. Yeah, <laughs> That's yeah. hilarious. Oh, there was, there's probably plenty of stories. That was my first year of teaching, too, my first teaching job, so I'm sure they've got plenty of stories. Well, hey, if anybody's got, yeah. a, uh, got a story about Mr. Fennell, then please, uh, oh, please don't, don't. don't, don't oh, hesitate yeah. to Absolutely. send them on in and we'll pass them along. That would be great. Yeah. Other oh, misinterpreta- misinterpretations of, um, oh, of a language so barrier. I love it. Yeah. So Mr. White always, um, he loves a wisecrack. 
I do. And we've had a couple of weeks off the podcast now with his illness. So I'm sure that he's, I know he's been teaching online, haven't you, Whitey? I have, yes, yes. Excellent. So I'm sure he's just been sitting at home just storing up his wisecracks. So let's see what Whitey's weekly wisecrack was for this week. Whitey's weekly wisecracks. What do you got, Mr. White? Yeah, that's that's still my favorite sting. Um, okay, so yes, last week was COVID, but the week before that, I was on year seven camp for the whole week, and wow. uh, I've got which a bunch gave of you COVID. Perfect. I've got a bunch of stories to talk about. Um, one of which is a wisecrack. Now, most of my wisecracks come from uh, you know, a yearning to entertain myself, and this is one of those. So if you don't get it, it's fine. We finished dinner one day, one one evening, and the dessert was these little mini apple pies. Beautiful. The kids loved them. Uh, and there were a few left over, and, and they said, oh, does anyone want seconds for dessert? Every kid's went, hand went up. Every kid's hand. They said, well, we, we don't have enough pies. We'll cut them in half, and we should have enough. So, And we'd, we'd already sort of started cleaning up, so we were trying to usher the kids outside, and they grabbed their half pie, and they were eating it and dropping stuff on the ground in the carpeting over the thing. I said, no, 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 outside. Take them outside. Take your 1.57s outside. And I laughed and I laughed and I laughed. And then the next student started dropping stuff out of his half pie or her half pie. And I said, take your 1.57 outside, please. What are you talking uh, about? So, okay. What is pie? Pie is 3.84. Oh, 3.14. Oh, yes. oh, 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 is, is that hilarious or was that fun? Like, I, no kid got it. No one got it. Everyone's looking at me as I'm an absolute lunatic. But I'm having the time of my life yelling out, take your 1.57s outside. Honestly, those poor kids. Those, what night of the camp was it? That you, uh, um, that you you pulled this out. Everybody was, uh, you know, hadn't slept more than two hours a night. Yeah, I think it was I'm Wednesday sure. night. I think, you know, oh I'll, I'll tell you more I, about I actually, uh, Tuesday and Wednesday night at another time. I actually thought you were talking about pie as in the math, and I said, surely not. <laughs> <laughs> I know, you thought that surely an English, uh, an English and humanities teacher, surely he can't come out with something that yeah, uh, witty, intelligent. Yeah. <laughs> oh, sadly, this is the, the existence that I live with this man. Well done. Oh. Well done, Mr. White. Um, <laughs> awesome. All right, um, Connor, we have also prepped you for a magical moment, that moment with a kid when you know that as a teacher you've absolutely changed your life. So getting that one at the front of your mind. Magical moment. Da, 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 da. That's my second <laughs> moment. <laughs> Go for it. Um, magical moment, not as funny. So um, mm. came across a, a young lady who was just, just having a bit of a rough time. She just moved from uh, another community um, outside of, or in the NT, but just a bit of away from here. And just having a bit of a rough time, just making some friends and getting to know her people. And she kind of left her group and in back where she was from. And yeah, just, just kind of struggling through and came across her one day. Um, and she kind of just laid it all out, how she'd been feeling and, you know, how things were going and things where she was struggling a little bit, just kind of with those social dynamics and with just schoolwork in general. And she was fine. It was all kind of becoming a bit too much. And we just had a really good chat. Um, 
I felt like at the time it was very just very much just my day to day, just what I do as a teacher and supporting young people. But World Teachers Day came up a couple of weeks after that, and um, one of the colleagues that I had used to get her students to write like nice little letters to her teacher, and I, I actually had never received one prior to that. So, <laughs> but um, on that year, I got one, and it was from that student, um, and it was a beautiful little. Thank you um, for that day and how much it helped her. Um, and yeah, how she'd started to find her feet a little bit after a conversation and she really appreciated the help. And I think it was just, sorry, I'm getting a bit ill. Uh, it was just in that moment that I was like, right. So even though, you know, from the day, as for me at the time, it's very much just the day to day, what I do and my job, um, there is a, a more important impact to that. Um, and even sometimes, even the special. Um, uh, not just for the young person, but for me as well. So, yeah, there's my little story. That's yeah. so, so beautiful. And, it, and such an important thing for teachers and want to be teachers and assistant teachers and administration staff, all of those interactions with these young people, with where their brain is at, and I, you couldn't pay me enough money to go back and go through yeah. puberty again and 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 go through that self-doubt and the, all of that stuff. And just to have that moment of connection with an adult who sees them and wants to pause their life to be able to listen to them, it's so, so meaningful. And as teachers, we – that's our, that's our job. We get to we yeah, get to paid to to do that and have that impact. It is it is so amazing. It's so, it's cool. Is so cool. Yeah, yeah, it is. And like yeah. you know, we have this saying um, that um, every interaction matters. It's what we've kind of we say to each other all the time in, in where I work. Um, and I think that Sorry. that particular interaction was very much for me that day. That was like yes, that that's proof that you know every single interaction, be it with a student, parent, member of the community, another teacher. Um, you know, they walk away and, and you want them to walk away feeling happy and better about this than what came before. So, yeah. I love that. Every interaction matters. I'm taking I'm that back to too. my school. Yeah, I'm stealing that That's great. Yeah. Uh, well, whether you were giving it or not, I was taking it in case you're <laughs> that's wondering. That's, that's <laughs> another that's another classic from my boss. So I stole the aircon one um, and huh? that's that's another one from him as well that we're all like, yeah, we like that. We'll keep it. Yeah, so I love it. Do. So I want to talk a little bit about your school um, and I I want to do a whole episode on your school because I am fascinated uh, by your principal, uh, Nick yeah. Lovering. That's right. Yeah. That's, yes. That's him. Yeah. Excellent. So can you tell us a little bit about your school and why it has been in the media in the last year or so? Yeah, it's um we've we've done done the rounds of the front end of some newspapers, which is which is good. Mm-hmm. Um so look, Catherine High would be what we would now consider a bit of a turnaround school. So back just before twenty twenty one, um yeah, it is it is declined quite rapidly um, and very quickly over kind of a three to five year period. Um and in fact when I first arrived, I just come off the back of that lecturing stint. Um, where I was telling student teachers, you know, never go to a school that hasn't got this process and that process and la la, you need all the support. And when I arrived in Catherine High, there wasn't really much of that. And and what we saw that play out then was that student behaviour wasn't being well managed and um, collaboration across the school to even try and support that and um, wasn't really happening. You know, it was very much people working in isolation and silos. Um, and yeah, just, a, just a, a space that, you know, we had 16 teachers leaving one term. Um, 
in that was term one of 2021 yeah so we we hit a bit of a we hit a bit of a crisis point i suppose you could say it was a breaking point in in term one of 2021 um and then nick came in i won't i won't call him the saving grace but he came in and nick's a great visual visualizer and he can he can see the forest from the trees i suppose um and he was able to kind of see what needed to be done very quickly so we had to make some really big calls very early on um and yeah but then also able to see what needed to happen down the line and be very strategic so what we've done since then um is we've really firmed up our behavior management system or our positive school culture system is what we've renamed the two now um which sees kind of every student being rewarded for positive behavior um and demonstrating that and then us um obviously supporting teachers to roll that out in their classrooms um, last year we launched our school-wide instructional model, which is contextually based, so it's not an off-the-shelf. Uh, we spent myself and our head of campus spent just over just over a year, yeah, trying to map that out, and that came with a whole suite of resources. Of course, a beautiful big poster for the classroom, um, along with an instructional playbook based on uh, Jim Knight's work and some of the recommendations from him. We also used some of the strategies from Doug Lemos, Teach Like a Champion, um, which were very relevant to us, even though, you know, it was based out of America, but some of the schools that he was working with, some of those um, schools in New York were very similar parallels in terms of teaching strategies. And um, we bumped that into a playbook. Um, and then I came in on top of that as an assistant principal last year then uh, to support our staff to actually develop the capacities in the positive school culture system and the school-wide instructional model and actually roll that out in their classroom. So um, we also implemented our performance growth cycle, uh, which hadn't been a thing before. So teachers said we had that kind of living, walking, talking, breathing document that we could put some goals into for our staff. Uh, one of which is based on the positive school culture and, beha- and the school-wide instructional model. Um, and just framed it up a- across the board, I suppose, so that teachers can go in and teach, students can go in and learn, um, they can do that in a positive classroom environment where behaviour is well managed um, or classroom environments are well managed, sorry, I should say. And then they have that layer of support on top through instructional observations, coaching and mentoring um, that can support them to actually do the job that they obviously set out to do all that while ago. Um, Nick has been um, a great leader in there. I think what he did was kind of pinpoint a couple of people or... Um, you know, some things that were, were really important that needed to be done and put some people around those. So champion some of those strategies um, and then put somebody in to actually be the champion for those strategies. I think that's been really successful. Uh, we've seen some massive growth, not that people actually want to come to Catherine now. Um, obviously, we've had some really positive media in the last couple of years. And we've had a, a couple of awards. Um, and yeah, people are talking about it and in the, in the right way and our community yes. are starting to trust us again. And that's that's my thing. I you know I'm I'm a I'm a community kid. I went to a community school and the school was the hub. It was the activity. You went to everywhere. Like everyone went to the school for something. And be it that you left or you came back for a footy or sport the night after or you had breakfast club in the morning, adult education classes were happening and you know, those things that we are in our longer plan, we want to make the school that hub um for for the community and, and have the community talking about us in in the right ways um and yeah i think the the feedback has been pretty positive and this is all very anecdotal but um so far so good um the energy's there like we're feeling the the, the energy is definitely at a different level than what it was back in 2020 
Well, you are snowballing yeah. is what's happening and you're Sliding. reaching that tipping point is what it sounds like in, in what I've been reading. And I'm absolutely, I've been fascinated by the Catherine State High School story. Mm. I, I can't get enough of it. Um, and it's so cool to get to talk to you having been there and being, been such a big part of that, of that change and kind of been seeing the before and the after yeah. of, um, when you do change some things in your school, just because it's always been that way, it doesn't have to always be that yeah. way. And I think yeah. that there's there's a lot that so many schools can learn from Catherine State High School and the the ways that it was turned around and and yeah so hearing stories such as this so if there's there's people out there around the world who are experiencing similar kind of uh, experiences in their in their schools right now it's it's not all the end of the world by any stretch that it can be turned around and um so yeah I urge you to read a bit about the Catherine State High School story and there's like you said more and more media is coming out about about Catherine State High School and you know I remember back in 2020 um I'd been at a conference in Korea a couple years prior to that and I can't remember the guy's name Peter was his first name but he said the brightest light is at the darkest part of the tunnel right so we were in a pretty deep dark tunnel back in 2020 but there was kind of a core group of staff there that is still there now who kind of said you know there, there is brilliance here we just need to aim for the brilliance and get the brilliance and I think yeah I, I, I don't like to say we're there um, because I still think we have quite a lot of consolidation to do so that's kind of my main task and our main task this year is to really consolidate some of that work and make it the norm for Catherine High, um, but we're we're definitely on a good trajectory to the to the bright side. That's for sure. Absolutely, and I I think when as a teacher and or in education, if you if you ever say that we're there and we've done it and it's and our job's done, then you're you're a little bit deluded. Even so, mm. I love that you've said that that it doesn't matter how good it has gotten and and. I know what from what I've read. Well, where it's come from and where it is now, it's it's just you know the what you're doing for those kids is and and the staff and how people feel about the teaching profession is profound. But so I love that you're saying we're not done yet. There's more to do um, because there's always more to do. No, no matter how good it is, we've got to be striving for a little bit more and and that little bit more of a stretch for our school and our students and our teachers because teachers yeah. love feedback and then the next step. We're always looking for the next thing. Oh, it looks like looks like Whitey has uh, left us. Uh, that's awkward. His internet was pretty bad. And I was it your dog or he, uh, or a dog in his my, neighborhood? Yeah, that was my dog is barking somewhere. Um, I was like trying to, I was trying to like usher him in, so I was banging on the side of my chair, trying to get him in, but he's yeah, wants to be loved and and, he, and respected, obviously. Funny, but he's he's very he's my dog's very interesting. So he's full of routine um, until he realizes I've got work to do. And then he's just like going to play the maggot, right? He yep. just goes off, he barks, he kicks things, bites things. But he, oh, he's, he's nuts. He's nuts. Uh, I love it. I love it. And I know, so interesting to have a dog in um, Northern Territory is the world has the world's largest crocodile population. So what does walking your dog look like in um, around a waterway in the Northern Territory? Yeah, so in Catherine, we're, we only we have the river, um, but in ter- and otherwise we're kind of pretty much central. So find walking around um, the back tracks and stuff like that. If we're in Darwin, though, yeah, we we keep a bit away, a bit of a distance from the water. <laughs> uh, my partner would often let the dog off leash, but I'm like, nah, it's it's too risky. Like 
yeah, you hear all the horror stories and yeah, the the bad news stories. Even with yeah, I remember actually being oh that was actually no, that wasn't Darwin. But yeah, you hear you hear the stories of yeah, poor little doggies not meeting their just wanting a little basically. just it's hot. <laughs> we were talking about before yeah. the show how hot it is in Darwin. It is so yeah. incredibly hot in the Northern Territory. And uh, so obviously a dog wants to just have a little Little uh, little wade in the water, and yeah. yeah, things can come unstuck pretty quickly nah, for yeah. them in there. So it doesn't look like Whitey is going to join us. Um, okay. He he has crashed, and so that indicates that he's out. So I know it's breaking your heart that we're not going to be able to play our say what segment. Um, I'm so looking forward to it. <laughs> I know, and I have some ripper questions, and I'm not going to I'm not going to lose them because I'm still hoping um, that we might come back for another interview. Or maybe we'll interview Nick as well at some stage. And we definitely want to get Louise um, on here at some stage as well. So before we finish off, I wanted to throw over to you um, anything that you want to suggest to our listeners, if perhaps they want to come to work in the Northern Territory or or any way that they can uh, engage with anything that you've talked about this evening. Yeah, for sure. Well, look... um... You know, we know there's a worldwide teacher shortage <laughs> at the moment. Um, and I think small, regional, especially remote towns across Australia are going to really struggle. And um, I think we're starting to see kind of the beginning to that now here in Catherine. So if you have anyway interested in coming to work for us, there will always be plenty of work in the Northern Territory. Um, and especially in Catherine, because as we were talking about the story there, you know, the story has been, been pretty positive and we're, we're on the upward trajectory and, we're definitely on on that path. So yeah, if you're interested in that, um, I can probably give you some contact details for myself. Reach out. You can also find more information on the Department of Education website, um, nte.doe.nte.gov.au. Um, also, just to mention as well, the Combank Teaching Awards are the nominations are open very soon. Um, I think it's really important that we uh, we we do a whole hour of a meeting and we give time for people to nominate staff members. Um, so yeah, if you're listening, maybe give some time for staff to actually nominate some of the colleagues they're working with. There's some incredible work going on around this country, um, and the Combank Awards and 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 other awards um, are one way of of recognising some of that really positive work and, and putting those people on the stage where you know they can share some of that and also help other people across Australia too. So yeah, please think about applying for those Combank Awards that are coming up soon. Fabulous. Couldn't agree more. And there's so much. um, So I know one of the things with working in the Northern Territory, there's been some great winners of the Combank Awards who've come out of the Northern Territory. So I've had the opportunity to to learn a bit more. There's great incentives for teachers to go and work in the Northern Territory as well. And then you obviously get to work with people like Connor and, um, and at schools such as Catherine State High School and having those impacts on students that in those remote and very remote places that they need great teachers as well. So I love that you found your spark again when you went to such a remote community and have really found your place and are having such an impact. It's been a great story to share, Connor. So thank you, thank you, thank awesome. you so much. Thank you. All right, well, we're going to say goodbye and um, we might have a part two with Connor at some stage. Whitey still hasn't joined us. So, hey, um, Mr. Fennell, uh, good good afternoon, Mr. Fennell. Good afternoon, everybody. <laughs> Love it. All right. I was like, I don't know your surname. <laughs> Angel, Angel. See you, Connor. <laughs> Powered by Riverside.